Welcome to the Word at First Prez. The sermon you're about to hear is not part of a regular sermon series. It stands on its own and can be instructive to our Christian faith in its own way, even though it's not linked to other sermons. I hope you enjoy. Our first reading today comes from Galatians chapter 3, verses 28 and 29. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture comes to us from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 and 11 and 12. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Each year, I get the opportunity to preach the baccalaureate sermon to our graduating seniors. I try to mix worldly advice with scriptural wisdom, and I throw in an anecdote here or there about a personal experience that I've had. I make it really approachable, and yet I know from years past and from working with youth for almost 20 years now, hold on, wait, is that real? 20 years, 2003, I start, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm getting older, and I don't like that. Anyway, I know from personal experience of we won't say how many years that most of what I say goes in one ear and out the other. This is why I repeat lessons so often. In fact, this year I thought maybe I could just repeat a baccalaureate sermon that I've given in the past. But then I had a better idea. In the past few years, I have noticed that I have had to debunk or discuss more and more things that the youth have heard from popular culture. Either a movie or a TikTok or a YouTube video, perhaps even a show or a song, I've realized that these things are heavy influencers on all of our lives. Popular culture influences each of us in our day-to-day -day lives. So why not take parts of what is already influencing us and use it to my advantage? So with that in mind, I have compiled a list of five lessons from popular culture, from movies and books and TV shows and songs, and I'm going to relay them to you now, hoping that whenever you hear or see these things again, you will think of the lesson and try to apply it to your night life anew. Let's get started. 
The first quote I want to talk about today is the following. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Now, for some of you, this is an instantly recognizable quote from Back to the Future. For those of you who do not know, Back to the Future is a movie from 1985, but it has endured the test of time because it's such a fun romp through the idea of time travel. And in fact, it's available now on Netflix to stream. I'm not paid by Back to the Future, nor am I paid by Netflix. This quote is found at the end of the movie and quite literally means that, spoiler alert, the car is about to start flying so they don't need roads. I, however, want you to take this quote slightly differently. Throughout your next few years, you are going to be asked a lot of questions. What is your major? What is your plan, plan after college? Why did you change your major? How is this internship going to help you? And many more. You're also going to get a lot of advice, both solicited and unsolicited. Here's how I did it. What you should do is this. Why would you major in that? There's no future in it. Both these questions and the inevitable advice given on the tail end of them should be viewed as roads. People who have found destinations always love to give directions to others starting out. It comes from a good place. They're almost always trying to help you avoid potholes or dead ends. But where you're going, you don't need roads. Look deeply into what you're passionate about. Listen to those who came before you and consider their wisdom, but know that you can blaze your own path. You don't have to take the same road that has always been taken. You can go your own way, do your own thing, and start a new road even. The world has changed so much since I was in high school. 20 years, why did I write that down? Since I was in high school fairly recently. And it's continuing to change at an exponential rate. You are all essentially in flying cars, not tethered to the way that things used to be done. Go out, find your passion, find where that intersects with a deep need in this world and get there your own way. Because roads, where you're going, you don't need roads. The second quote I have is from To Kill a Mockingbird. Hopefully it's something that you have already read in school, but if not, I do encourage you to do some summer reading between now and when you go to college. And that is actually how I read this book. My mother was an English teacher, and so each summer she would have new fun assignments for me. Words of the week on the fridge that I'd have to learn and define and then use in a random sentence by the end of the week. Or books that I would have to read and give her a report on. To Kill a Mockingbird was one such book. And I'm actually glad that it was, but don't tell her that. The quote is, I think there's just one kind of folks. Folks. This seems simple enough, 
It's the often quoted idea that we are just one people or that there's only one race, the human race. But I feel like it's something that we need to remind ourselves about over and over again, not because we forget necessarily, but because it goes against our nature. We are a people who have learned to categorize in order to survive. Our ancestors had to do this so that they knew what food was safe to eat, what animals were dangerous and should be avoided, what locations were best for building shelters or defending themselves. This way of looking at a tiger and saying, that's dangerous and will kill me, is baked into our DNA. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we use this categorization on things that it doesn't work on, other humans. When applied to other humans, our categorization comes up short. If we had a bad experience with one person, then we have categorized them in a certain way, and suddenly that entire category is bad to us. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine in high school dated a football player. Now, this guy was a total jerk. We all knew it. He even knew it. But this young lady dated him anyway. He inevitably ended up cheating on her, and from that point, all jocks were bad people in her mind. This kind of cataloging happens because of our own experience, or it can be taught from generation to generation. But however it is learned, it is an incorrect generalization that needs to be fought against. Harper Lee, the author of To Kill a Mockingbird, knew this back in 1960 when the book was written. But even before that, Paul knew it all the way back in the first century when he wrote to the Galatians. Paul implored his church in Galatia to no longer see each other by their narrow categories that they had, but to see the wide swath that God paints through Jesus. Paul says that there is no longer Jew or Greek, no longer slave or free, no longer male or female. I'm going to add no longer jock or nerd, no longer preps and emo kids, no longer any of these insignificant, flawed distinctions that we tend to create in our minds and then live our lives as if they were true. As you start a new adventure after your graduation, you're getting an opportunity to decide who you are and to shed an old skin. Many of your peers are doing the same. Allow one of the things that you shed to be this idea that somehow everyone who falls into a certain category is a certain way. After all, there's only one kind of folks folks. Our third quote comes from a Disney movie. Now, when I was just out of college, a show came out called How I Met Your Mother. And on that show, there was a character named Barney, who always wanted to make every night epic or legendary. It was one of his defining characteristics, and I totally jived with that. Throughout college and just after college, I felt very similar to Barney. 
We're going to go out. Let's make it epic. We're throwing a small dinner party in the dorm. Let's make it epic. We're studying for our history exam tomorrow. Let's do so epically. Our next quote, however, is something that goes against this notion. The quote is from Up, and it's one of our main characters, Russell, in the movie who says it. Russell has just finished describing how his dad would take him out to an ice cream spot, and then they would sit on the curb outside of that ice cream spot and play a game seeing who could count the most cars based on their color. He takes a moment of realization, and then he says this quote. That might sound boring, but I think the boring stuff is the stuff I remember most. Now, this might just be my age talking, but I think this quote is wise beyond Russell's years. When I look back at things that I remember most with my loved ones, it's mostly what one might consider to be the boring stuff. Playing cards or dominoes with my grandmother. Having cantaloupe with my grandfather. Cutting the lawn with my dad. Sitting and reading books in the front room with my mom. Sitting in Dunkin' Donuts with my best friends, just talking about the present and the future, getting way too sugared up on donuts and culottes or just driving in the car with my wife. These are boring, everyday things. And yet not one single epic night comes even close to the way that these things make me feel. Life is made up more of these boring bits than the epic ones. So spend the boring ones with the people you love and they will become your favorite moments. Because ultimately, the boring stuff is the stuff you'll remember most. Our fourth, our fourth quote comes from one of my all-time favorite television shows, Doctor Who. I don't have a big lead-up to this one because to describe the show, even in general terms, takes a long time for me. So I'm just going to say this. The main character, the Doctor, is a wise old being who jumps around time and space, trying to do right by the universe and working on themselves as well. In one episode, the doctor was worried that they were about to become something new. And so they gave themselves some advice. They said, among many other things, hate is always foolish. Love is always wise. These words have been ringing in my ears and in my heart since I saw them on the screen four years ago. I find them equal parts comforting and challenging. It's a call on how to act, how to be in a world that doesn't seem to agree. We look around these days and see mostly hate. Hate for each other based on anything and everything. Hate for one another based on status, or income, or politics, or opinions, race, or religion, identity, or ability. How foolish. Hate is always foolish. It challenges me to see where I am living foolishly, 
where I am allowing hate to seep in and take over my heart and mind, which could lead it to take over my actions. Don't be foolish. Love is always wise. These words echo with the words of the New Testament that we read today. Love is from God, and if you love, then you are from God. If, however, you do not love, then you do not know God. This is a direct calling to those of us who claim God in our lives, but then act as though we've never met God before. When we act out of hate, we're not just acting out of foolishness, but we are acting out of godlessness. When we allow our anger and our wrath to overtake us, we turn our back backs on God and the essence of who God is. This is a difficult calling to always choose love, to always be wise, to always act as God's own. But it is our calling. And it's our calling because we believe that it will lead to a better world. One where we don't have wars and violence. One where we don't have people who are out on the street when others have multiple homes. One where we don't have nations of starving people while our own country throws out enough food to feed the world every single day. If you lead your lives through love, you will come across these problems and see humans in need, and love will compel you to do something. It might not be these issues that you come across. They might not be as big as these. But if you live your life by leading with love, you will be constantly helping the world around you in big and small ways. So make sure to always keep love at the forefront of your heart and mind and banish hate from those places because hate is always foolish and love is always wise. Our final quote comes to us from a much more modern source. I first heard this particular line when my sister-in-law decided at 7 a.m. when I was driving her to the train station that she wanted to play some new music for me. She threw on this artist that I had never heard before, and suddenly I heard these words. If I'm shining, everybody gotta shine. I was born like this, don't even gotta try. For those of you who don't know, that was a perfect rendition of Juice by the artist Lizzo. And it actually surprised me a little bit because the rest of this song doesn't have anything to do with this line. In fact, this line stands out like a sore thumb to me as a moment of wisdom in a song about getting juice or something. But let's break it down for a minute because there really is something in here. If I'm shining, everybody gonna shine. This is such a clever way of saying, let your come up, bring others up too. My first introduction to this kind of thinking was actually the tide. It was explained to me that we need to be the tide. When the tide raises, it raises all boats. When you start doing well, when you start shining, make sure that you don't just hold that for yourself. 
In later years, I was introduced to the idea of Ubuntu, which is, as I was taught, a South African philosophy, meaning that I am because we are. Another way of saying this is that I am only as happy as we are. I am only as wealthy as we, the community, are. You came from a community. Make sure you raise that community up with you. Now, our communities are different sizes depending on who you feel is part of your community. But no matter how big or small yours is, bring them up too. We live in a dog-eat-dog world where we're told that it is eat or be eaten. To get ahead, you have to cut people loose or step on their heads to get to the top. This wisdom from Lizzo says no. Instead of only looking out for number one, instead of only trying to raise yourself up, bring everybody with you. Wouldn't the world be a much better place if we all raised each other up this way? Wouldn't we be in a much better place if this was one of the core tenets of our people? When I shine, we all shine. That way there is so much more light for everyone. Don't hold your light for yourselves. Help others achieve it too. Be that example. Be the tide that raises all boats. Because when you're shining, everybody gonna shine. I hope that you all hold on to these lessons and all of the lessons that you have already learned from your parents, your siblings, your family and friends, your teachers, and yes, maybe even your pastors as you enter this new phase of your life. We are all incredibly proud of you and wish you the best. And we want to remind you that we are still here if you ever need advice, help with studying, just an ear to listen, or someone to sing you Lizzo lyrics perfectly. Congratulations to the class of 2021. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.